Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Fairly Far-Fetched, the irreverent Pokemon podcast where we ask the burning question, what if Pokemon existed in the world as we know it? My name's Kia and I am talking to you from sunny southwest London and I'm joined overseas by my good friend Gavin Pinkney. Gav, where are you at today? Uh, I'm in Tokyo and it is 20 to 7pm. The day was lovely. Uh, yeah, Lovely and day. sunny. Yep, yeah, um, but I have no sun left. Yeah, well, I'm yet to have my day, but being in London, I'm not likely to get sun at any point. So um, what, what a lovely treat for me. So um, Pokemon podcast, we're talking about what if it were real. Um, I thought today we'd just kind of open up Pandora's box a little bit and see where it takes us. Yeah, sure um, How long have you and I known each other, Gav? Mm, maybe, I think 15 years now. Yeah, 15 years. So it's kind of like, yeah. college uni that kind of time and we played yeah. pokemon like that entire time right yeah pretty extensively yeah um, <laughs> pretty extensively pretty extensively it's the whole reason why we're talking almost, about yeah yeah exactly almost exclusively you could say yeah um so a couple of years so a couple of years ago we're in japan we're hanging out um and we we stumble across a, a rich vein of conversation that has spawned fairly far-fetched can you remember when we started Kind of kicking this thing around? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even a, f- a few years ago. It was a few months, in fact. Um, Is that right? When you, well, yeah, when you came to visit last um, in February, um, so yeah. a few months ago, um, we went to uh, the new Pokemon Center in Nihonbashi, um, mm. which is the place with the cafe. Um, we had a reservation for dinner. It was average. Oh, maybe I'm wrong, actually. I, I reckon remember. it was the time before that, you know. I think it was. I think the time it was before, when I came yeah. May last year. I was there with work, and yeah. we had been out the night before. I was really hungover. You guys weren't so bad. And as a as a way of dealing with my hangover, we decided to go to the Pokemon Center DX, the same one that you were just discussing. Yeah, but um, we never. Yeah, and we didn't have a we didn't have a reservation. Um, we didn't go so to a Pokemon Cafe. No, we no. We just had we poked around, and then we looked into the Pokemon Center. That's right. And we basically decided it was a good idea to critique every single Pokemon plushie <laughs> that we saw based on its design. Um, That's right. And a lot of, I mean, the pinnacle of design uh, for, for me is Bulbasaur. It's perfect Pokemon. Oh, I mean, you're so just going straight in with that. Like, straight in. Just, just <laughs> chucking that in. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect Pokemon. Um, yeah, it goes without saying. It goes without saying. Now... Bulbasaur is the uh, Pokemon that I compare all Pokemon to. It's like the, on... he's the archetype. Yeah, he is. Um, he is like default color. <laughs> so I compare all Pokemon uh, on their design based mm. on Bulbasaur. So we were picking up, um, I think, the Ultra Beasts from yeah, oh, uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, no, I mean, I, I can get behind some of them. Can't necessarily... They're a mess. Yeah, they're a, they're a bit of a mess. They're a mess. And uh, I think we just went through uh, all the plushies that we could find and pick up and just basically said, good design or not. Um, and, and, and I think all, like your girlfriend was with us at the time, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she you and I had it... like... Yeah, I mean, you and I basically just like chirping off, talking about every single Pokemon and going, oh, well, if this was real, how big would it be? And, you know, how would it even work? And what are the mechanics of it? And I remember we got back to your flat afterwards and we'd basically just been talking rubbish all day about Pokemon 
in our universe. And I remember turning to um, Hannah and just going, sorry, this must have been so boring for you today. Um, and surprisingly enough, she was like, actually, it's been rather entertaining. And I thought, well, if we can entertain her. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The... She had Stockholm Syndrome, let's face yeah. it. Has it really been gestating that long? It actually like, has been, yeah. It's I... nearly a year. Oh, gosh. I thought it was much more recent than that. No, nah, man. Um, oh, well, but, we're finally doing it. Well, so quite. And good. let's face it, we've been really thinking about this our entire adult lives. Um, the, the concept that Pokemon actually existed. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, after having picked up Pokemon Red off, off of a, a classmate, um, just, just absolutely falling in love with it. And a, a mate and me, we actually, we got as all kids did, as far as I was concerned, and certainly all of my friends did, just absolutely obsessed with this concept of little pocket animal monsters that did battle and somehow had sentience and consciousness. Um, and I actually remember and was, one time... Yeah, go on. It was just, like, totally okay to fight them. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's totally, totally, totally normal thing to fight animals against each other. And I remember going to the park, and I just, I would just, I just wanted Pokemon to be real so hard... Like, I started just, mm. like, catching, like, bugs and stuff and just putting them into, like, a little Tupperware. And then I got them home and I was, like, imagining, like, if they were Pokemon, like, what would they do and what would their movesets be? And I'm pretty sure I did that with... Um, You've told with, me that story before. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I did that with a, a mutual <laughs> friend of ours, Stimpy, who actually lives out there with you now, doesn't he? Um, yeah. So I think I've been obsessed with this idea that Pokemon could be real for basically ever. I don't know about you. Um, well, for me, it all started uh, in school, 1999. Uh, young boy, age of age of ten, I young guess. impressionable ten, lad, ten years old. Um, so the age that Ash would have left and mm-hmm. grabbed his first uh, Pokemon, or mm-hmm. the age where I'd received my um, letter from Hogwarts, neither happened. <laughs> um, but I remember, I think because we had the we had the anime after. Uh, we had the anime before the... I know I could be wrong. I think mm. we had the anime before the games had actually come out or it was very, um, very close. Mm. And I was either watching it already or something like that. But I basically, there was this rumour going around school that some boy had Pokemon yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, so obviously I completely, uh, you know, I wasn't excited for it when it came out because mm. it was brand new. Um, so I found this kid... Uh, we became friends after that, which was good. Um, but yeah, uh, I can I can put my Pokemon history down to that day, and I remember it quite clearly. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I seem to remember watching an episode on SMTV, which um, for, for anyone listening from outside of the UK um, might not remember. Anton Deck, classic kind of a Brit comedy presenter duo, used to do something called um, Saturday Morning TV, SMTV, and that was my first exposure to Pokemon. I remember it was episode one of Indigo League. Um, and mm. then someone said, oh, and by the way, this is a game as well. I remember the week before the first episode of Pokemon aired on SMTV, everyone at school was like all a Twitter about it. They were like, oh, my God, it's it's coming out. There's a single Pokemon. Apparently it's huge overseas in Japan and in America. So I remember tuning into SMTV that weekend and thinking, crikey, this is going to be like an event. I was I was probably about as excited as I currently am about Endgame, you know? Um, which, depending on when we release this episode, will either be completely out of date um, or (laughs) hopefully slightly relevant. Yeah, yeah, this all depends. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, cool. So, yeah, so our history goes back a little way with it. 
And then we kind of chatted about this a year ago and thought, wouldn't it be quite cool if we started to put together a bit of a... I remember the first version of this was, could we like write a bit of a book, like a filofax on Pokemon Universe, if it existed? Oh, you never Our told me ver- about that. Our version of it was what I was thinking, because everyone's got their own theories on this stuff and you know you only have Hmm. to type in pokemon theories into youtube which i have been doing somewhat over the last (laughs) couple of weeks um and everyone's got their own theory but there doesn't seem to be like one joined up story like chronology of how this thing could exist so that's what i'm hoping to get out of this it's like by the end of it i almost want someone could write each of the episodes will do almost be like a chapter of this book the first one that we're doing today is all about origins so what would have to have happened for Pokemon to exist? What are Pokemon if they exist in the world where Gavin and myself and you, the listeners, exist? Um, and just kind of unpick some of the basic details that we need to have we, that need to be true in order for Pokemon to exist. And then each episode after that will be a um, a different chapter in that book. So how would if Pokemon existed? How would it affect law? How would it affect um, ethnography what would be the um what would happen with crime um I, I think there's loads of different chapters and i reckon as we start discussing it we'll start landing some of those chapters so today might be a, a hopefully not too all over the place but potentially um but hopefully by the end of today the the payoff is we've got a, a an agreed upon version of what we think pokemon looks like in our universe and i guess my signaling to you the listeners is you're going to want to disagree with us. And I bloody well want you to disagree with us. Yeah, I really hope you disagree with us. We we are um, not experts, are we, Gav? No, and it's, I mean, it's one of the main reasons this has taken so long because we're all so afraid of, like, <laughs> not knowing everything. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely going to be wrong about a few, th- few things and I want to be corrected or I at least want something to talk about. Um, yeah. Because that's what this is about. Like, there's so much to to dissect and to um, yep. delve it's, into. That it's like th- think anything of this that is, um, you have to say about a bit of fan it. fiction, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit yeah, of fan exactly fiction. That. So, yeah, um, we're not saying that we believe this is the case. We're just saying, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be cool if this was? And this is what's on our minds. Yeah. So the last question I wanted to ask before we delve into the content here. Um, was like we we are imagining that Pokemon are real. Yeah. Um, we are imagining that they like exist in real life, and I think one of the fascinating things to start to think about and just to kind of warm ourselves up to this conversation is if you had a team of six Pokemon in real life, mm-hmm. who would you have and yep. why? So, sh- shall I kind of like kick off of my? First, and yeah. we'll just kind of like go back and forth a little. Now, I don't think it's going to take me too long to to think of this, but I know that you've got a pre-prepared. <laughs> oh, I, I've I've you've, given this some thought. You knew this question was coming, so you've prepared this exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off then. Shall I? I'll, I'll go through all six of mine and give you my logic, mm-hmm. um, and tell me if you've got similar ones. So I, I've gone on uh, a couple of key principles. One is aesthetics. Some Pokemon look better than other Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But crucially, I've opted more for um, how they can make my life easier rather than like types and battling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So first Pokemon is one of, I, I think, next to Bulbasaur, the most beautiful Pokemon that exists, which is Wingull. 
<laughs> Wingull, okay, yep, fine. Wingull is beautiful. I remember first seeing that little tiny body head, little beak, long arms, that blue and the white, shiny. Wingull looks phenomenal. Okay. And I think Tell me why. I hate buying I hate buying stamps. Yeah, buying, buying stamps. stamps. Is is a nightmare part of my life. Okay. I feel like I I've I've never got any or I've got too many stamps. Yeah. Wingo would be my lackey. It's delivering my mail, it's picking up my mail, it's just kind of scoping out. I could put a GoPro on it as well. I'm surprised. Um, and I think I'd really enjoy grooming it. Okay. I'm surprised you live in a world where email doesn't exist and you need a wingo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, not sure how much penmanship I'm really having at this point. Yeah. Uh, Bulbasaur is my obvious second Pokemon. Unbelievably cute. It is the archetype. And I also think um, he can just like hand me stuff, you know? He's like the he, household. He's got vine pet. whips. Exactly. Plus, I am terrible at keeping plants alive. Um, if, <laughs> if you were to look around the room I'm currently in, it's just well. like a plant graveyard. I think I could learn a lot from Bulbasaur. Okay, well, I hope that in this world that we're uh, constructing, you don't need to keep a Bulbasaur alive like a plant. Do I need to water my Bulbasaur? I think it's something that worth discussing. That would be discussing. a nightmare. That would be such a nightmare. No, I want it, I want it to be just eating kibble, because that's the plant? way I keep my cat alive. Is he a frog? Who knows? Oh, my God. We'll get into it. Third, op- third Pokemon for me, Alolan Muck. Number, number one choice, because it's... Um, its type combination is unbelievable. His moveset is like super OP. Mm-hmm. And also it would just eat all my garbage and my flat is quite often a mess. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have to put stuff in the bin anymore. Mm-hmm. I could double up by chucking stuff away and feeding it to my Alolan muck. And I hope that that would kind of cut down on my landfill. Oh, okay. I don't know how it excretes stuff or so, if it just grows in mass. Yeah, so I think you haven't thought something through with muck. Um, Hit me. Because he's clearly going to stink. In real life. Um, So if these are the six Pokemon that you're going to keep around, if I had the choice, I wouldn't keep a muck around because I think he's going to smell. Good point. But my my bins smell anyway, because as previously mentioned, I never take them out. Okay. I feel like it kind of averages out. Okay. (laughs) Okay, fine. My disgusting life. You've done done three. You've got three to go. Three. Number four, Luxray. Beautiful, right. beautiful Pokemon. Little catty. Um, I well, the the final evolution of it. So it starts as a Shinx or something, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it becomes this beautiful Luxray. My the reason I went here first of all is because of free electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy my energy provider. I enjoy the fact that it's mostly green energy. But what could be more green than a Pokemon that can somehow sustain its own electricity? However, I then did a bit of googling. Luxray has something akin to X-ray vision. Okay. According to according to the Pokedex, it can like see through walls and shit. Not through actual X-ray vision, but something akin to X-ray vision. Mm. Um, and I just think that would be really, really useful. I could be like, hey, Luxray, how's my pasta doing? And I can just look <laughs> through and see, see if it's boiling over All or right. not. And I think yeah. that would be okay. really crucial to my life. Yeah. Um, okay. Number five, Drifblim. Yeah. It's a balloon gas ghost Pokemon. Mm -hmm. There is nothing more joyous than holding a balloon. Mm -hmm. But they pop, you let go of them, you never see them again. Having a drift blim would like always having the option to be walking around with a balloon in your hand. Okay. Have you ever read drift blim's Pokedex entry? 
No. Okay, because I'm about to uh, drop some knowledge on you. Oh, um, right, on. on Pokemon Pearl, it carries people and Pokemon when it flies, but since it only drifts, it can end up anywhere. That's one oh. of the Pokedex entries, so I'll, okay. I'll let that... S- well, I'd have a piece of string attached to him. Are we talking... Sorry, Drifblim, not Drifloon. The, ele- the evolution. The evolution, yeah, Drifblim, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't see a problem with that. I'll just have him on, a, like, a lead. I, oh, maybe it's a Drifloon then. I remember reading um, that a Drifloon... Uh, it's... Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's Drifloon. Um... It is whispered that any child who mistakes Drifloon for a balloon and holds onto it could wind up missing. <laughs> <laughs> How is that rumoured? Yeah. You would just see kids flying around in the sky Drifloon. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, he likes to steal children. Um, okay, that's an ultra not moon. Nice. His, his uh, Pokedex entry was wandering souls gathered together to form this Pokemon. When trying to make friends with children, Drifloon grabs them by the hand. That's creepy, man. Just a wealth of information inside the Pokedex for this podcast. Final Pokemon for me. Number six, mm-hmm. Alakazam. Goes about saying, you can have an IQ up to 5,000, according to uh, official sources. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. he has to use telekinesis to keep his own head up, which would be exhausting. Yep. So I imagine you have to sleep a lot. But yep. when he's not sleeping he would at least be able to, you know, do all my thinking for me and then I could just pass it off as my own thinking. Yeah. Also, if you ever need a spoon. I'm always in need of a spoon, Gav. <laughs> exactly. Always in need of a spoon. And he's got two of them. Hit me with your six. What are you going for? All right. Um, my first choice is uh, Snorlax. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's number one. I feel like... Uh, like portable beanbag chair. Basically. <laughs> um, and if uh, my spirit embodies anything, it's uh, Snorlax. He's basically my spirit. Animal. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear um, Snorlax, I've got to say. Yeah, okay. Uh, then I would choose, um, I think I would go with, um, I'm going to go with, Ah, uh, this is so tricky because you've you've prepared and I've got no like real life values for these sure. things. Um, I, then, uh, okay, I would pick my champ mm. um, because who doesn't need a strong pair of hands around? And he's got four of them. So you get two strong pairs of hands for the um, price of one. But doesn't it two say strong pairs of hands in his Pokedex entry? Sometimes his arms get like tangled up or something. Yeah, something like that. Some nonsense. Also, but like in. In the games, like he's always like moving stuff mm, for people. He's handy. Um, so he's handy, exactly. Um, and then I'm gonna go with um, some sort of flying type for travel. Mm. I'm gonna go with. Um, now I'm trying to spread myself across some generations because I don't want to be typical Canto only Canto yeah. fever guy. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm I'm tired, tired of Canto. <laughs> um, all right, uh, I'm going to go with a some sort of flying type next. Uh, you want to fly on its back, do you? Yeah, like 
for travel. It's more about like just like a dragon Pokemon then. Yeah, but he's also got to be cool looking. Yeah, I mean that goes without saying. Yeah. Um. Who we got? Who we got? Uh, Braviary. Oh, hello. Uh, yeah. I thought he was well good. Yeah. He was a well good, good name. Pokemon. Yeah. Um. And uh, right. So that's is that three? That's I've only done three. three. So so you've got oh, you've got gosh. transport sorted out, which is something that I didn't have, and I really respect that. You didn't think about you've that. You've got yeah. um personal comfort with um Snorlax. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think you're doing pretty well in terms of usability. Yep. Um, okay, I'm gonna speed through this. Then uh, I've got. I'm gonna go for a Growlithe for oh. general com- general companionship. Oh god. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go with um, a Bulbasaur uh, for no other reason than I'm assuming uh, he produces cabbages. Why <laughs> um... <laughs> cabbages? Um, I'm I'm gonna give you. In future episodes, I'm going to revise this list because I feel so on the spot. <laughs> okay. Um, so you reserve the right to uh, change your decisions on this at any point. I respect yeah, I that. I reserve the right but yeah, I think, to change my decisions. I think walking um, beanbag chair probably just, just wins it for me. So thank you yeah, for bringing okay. that expression into my life. Um, and I re- No problem. And finally, finally, um, I need some water travel. So I'm just going to go Lapras. I was going to go Lapras as well. I realise... I realise I've got Canto fever. Lapras is pretty basic. To... Yep. I need to take a long, hard look at my pokey self in the mirror. What I would say about your Lapras, though, is um, mm-hmm. ice whenever you want it. You, it's a hot day. You've got a cold <laughs> beverage. Yeah. Top yep. up my ice. Exactly. Constantly chilling your beverages is is crucial. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Well, yeah. thank, thank you for, um, for humouring me there and allowing me to put you on the spot. Um, I think we should take a break. And then when we come back, I'd love us to dive headfirst into our universe. I'm talking about what is a pocket monster? How has it come to exist on this planet? And then mm-hmm. discuss what I call the Dom fan in the room. How does that sound? <laughs> it sounds perfect. All right, yeah. let's take a break. All right. See you shortly. Welcome back, listeners, to Fairly Far-Fetched. Uh, before the break, we gave a bit of an intro to ourselves and started kind of delving into our warped minds about what our Pokemon teams would look like uh, in real life, which I'm sure is a, a trope we will revisit in future episodes. But now I really wanted to get into the, the, the meat of the conversation, the whole point of this podcast, which is, like, how do Pokemon exist? If they exist on our planet, in what form do they exist? So, Gav, if it's cool with you... I just want to go into like pocket monsters. What the hell are they? And what where give me your starting position. How do you think Pokémon would exist if they existed in the world as you and I know it? Yeah, I mean, I would go with um they replace our current like ecosystem of animals and what have you. Um Okay. I think we need to adjust thinking um to uh, uh i guess to account for like pokemon that um are like sentient objects like yeah, I mean, magnemite like have... and 
Yeah, trubbish. there's a whole weird thing about Trubbish. One of the better Pokemon pun names, I've got to say. Trubbish is yep. brilliant. He's trash and rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, trubbish. So, so you've said there that you think it's actually going to replace animals. So I'm looking out yeah. my window and I'm seeing a pigeon. Would I be seeing a Pidgey instead of animals? Yeah, I'd go with that. Um, because I think if we're gonna if we're gonna approach this world, um, if we're gonna uh, say that Pokemon exist, I don't think that animals exist in the same way, and they are our animals. Um, mm. I would say mm. Pokemon uh, probably don't probably aren't even called Pokemon. It's yeah. just oh look, that's a Pidgey. Right, interesting. So in the as far as we know it, and you're gonna have a better encyclopedic knowledge of this, I hope, than I do. Mm-hmm. Do animals exist in the Pokemon universe, like in I manga and in games and stuff? <laughs> That's confusing, man. Yeah, um, I think for our like our argument's sake, a dog would be a Growlithe. Okay, so you're actually suggesting that no animals exist, and so let me probe even deeper here. Like, if is is this like? Are you thinking this is going to happen in like a thousand years' time, where actually? animals evolve and mutate into a version of an animal that is able to have proper consciousness, be able to make decisions, have strategies, and also be able to do all the weird things that Pokemon can do, like produce water out of nothing and fire out of their tails and all this kind of stuff. Okay, so if, so if for instance, it was to become a possibility, um, no, I don't think so. I think I would just go with... It's what we've always known. Like, oh, so you're you're just going for the suspend disbelief. Suspend argument. your disbelief. Yeah. Okay. Suspend your disbelief. Pokemon exist. Uh, they Deal are our animals. They're not going to exist. Don't be silly. Um, whoa, whoa, I whoa! Don't take that away from me. <laughs> I think I think it's a case of um, what. I mean, the whole base of the podcast is uh, what. What would the world be like if Pokemon existed or mm. exist, you know? Mm. So I don't think it's a case of an event that happens and we build up to the existence of Pokemon. I think it's just a case of, well, did you hear about the dinosaurs? Yeah, like there were loads of Dragonites around. <laughs> yeah, fossil Pokemon is a rich fossil, Yeah, like, well, yeah, fossil Thank Pokemon you. would be a be- better example of that. But okay, I mean, so... that's a whole nother can of worms because we could talk about fossil Pokemon all day. Uh, we could, when we start and talking one day about we shall. technology. <laughs> yeah, quite. So, so what you've just given me is what I think is the easy way out. We're just going to say, you know what, Pokemon exist. So let's let's go let's go the difficult way instead because there okay. is a version of this where animals as we know them today evolve or mutate into what we currently perceive as pokemon yeah okay so that pigeon that was just up on the chimney out there taking a crap or whatever it was doing actually over time maybe through like human as always kind of human interference with the ecosystem and with our environment around us they start to evolve and become smarter um and be able to do things that currently a pigeon is not able to do a gust attack right Mm mm-hmm but realistically, a gust attack is just flapping your wings together out of something. Yeah. yeah There's yeah, yeah. obviously a bit of biology in terms of like wingspan and shoulder strength, I guess, that comes into that. <laughs> but there's not yeah. a load of like mis- 
mysterious like magic that goes on behind a Pidgey's gust. All it is is that yeah. they're learning to attack in a different way. Yeah, and we've just called it gust. Exactly. So is it maybe that actually animals just get like smarter? A load of animals just like become extinct, which that which is due to humans, right? So we're killing animals left, right, and center, make, making whole species extinct. Um, uh, and animals have to adapt. Exactly. <laughs> so then the Pidgey's going, right, so I'm no longer, you know, eating worms or whatever because they don't exist. Is there a worm Pokemon? Yeah. Was it? Caterpie, Wormpool, we've Gosh, got all of them. Kia, come on. What are you talking about? Weedle, Caterpie, yeah. Wormpool, etc. Etc. So, but the, um, etc. <laughs> The um the wormpool is like a big worm, right? It's evolved beyond the point where a pigeon could eat it. Yeah, although it hasn't evolved past the point that a pidgeotto can't eat it. Exactly, which is why animals have evolved. So let's say the first maybe that's it. Maybe ground zero is the introduction of a caterpie into the universe. You know? So a pigeon's just like floating along and it's like, oh, I'm just going to go eat myself a little cat. Oh my God, what's that giant thing? And why can it slingshot me now? This is a nightmare. And then over, okay. I mean, this would be accelerated evolution, let's face it, but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. And then all of a sudden, pigeons have to become, pigeons, sorry, have to become much more adaptable. They have to be able to do things like gust and peck and all this stuff. And they become hench the as a result. The decide, right, this is no longer That's a interesting. We're going to call this a pidgey. Because... Because the pigeon hasn't just woken up and go, I'm going to be called Pidgey now because I'm because I'm bigger. I'm bigger than a pigeon. Like you, we just get like a, a little like letter through the post. Everyone gets it. It's like, uh, dear world, um, we're no longer pigeons. We're Pidgeys. Signed, all the pigeons yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with n- no. <laughs> we don't. We don't go down that route. I still think for the purpose of discussion. It's modern day. Mm. I'm thinking it's modern day. They exist. We're like, talking about alternate presents. Alternate present, yeah. So we're, we're in 2019. I would say, though, I mean, going back on that, mm. animals could exist in in coexistence. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we go by like Pokedex entries and stuff, uh, Pikachu is a mouse Pokemon. What's a mouse in this world? Unless it's a Pikachu, I mean Pikachu isn't a mouse. He's a, he's a Pika. That's a real t- that's a real Is animal. It? But yeah, yeah, Pika's a real animal. Um, but he's in his Pokedex entry. It's the mouse Pokemon. Yeah, because they're using mouse as something to latch on to. As a exactly. So um, in order for that to exist, mice have to exist. Yeah, one would one would one would assume mice exist in this universe. However. I would like to, for the purpose of our argument, just assume Pokemon exist. Let me throw out another. Like let me throw out another thing. different version. Go of this. on, go on, go on. They're go from on. outer space, right? We're sending out all this nonsense <laughs> to the far reaches of the universe. We start actually getting some of it back, maybe, and then like these little like yeah. weird animals and like aliens, and actually they they kill all the animals because they're so much smarter. That's a way that. We can both have what we want, right? Which is a way that is to like. Do you do you want? I this? want Pokemon to exist, right? And if it's an alternate present, that means Pokemon can never exist when I exist. This version of myself, right? Yeah. It's an alternate reality. Yeah. So for me, I'm going yeah. actually. Maybe 
they don't invade from space. They just kind of like latch on. Um, and then they kill all of our animals because let's face it, like my cat mm-hmm. is not going to be able to beat a litten or a glamiow or a skitty, right? Like Meowth is going to steal all of its money. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you there <laughs> because it's a really, it's a really good. Our point. listeners thought it, and you did it's it. A really, really, <laughs> it's a really good point, Keir. Thanks, um, mate. If we're, if we're delving into the world of like killing. And stuff like that. We really need to pick apart what a Pokemon can do in a Pokemon battle. Maybe that's maybe that's a thought for yeah, another time. Battles is a whole other episode. But yeah, for the entirely. sake of origins, I'll throw another one. Go at on, you. go on, go on, go on. If you really want Pokemon to exist in their in the current, I really present, do. not an really alternate do, present. The way I see it happening is a video okay. game, so yeah. VR. Like hyper real VR. Uh, yeah, Pokemon Go on a large or like Ready scale. Player One VR. Ready yeah. Player One. Yeah. Um, but I would like to imagine in our little world they exist and not have to not have to get <laughs> like a a different answer for why or like a possibility for why yeah, they exist. Our, our listeners have come here. For us to ask the difficult questions, right? I mean, it's definitely a difficult question. <laughs> Some might say impossible, but I feel like I feel like the simplest answer is the one that we should lay as our groundwork. Um, all right. What about if it's just like holograms? Someone decides to just like <laughs> some so, someone with someone who's got a lot of similarities to us, right? They've got their bachelor science yeah. degree, just like us, equally scientists. Um, they have too yeah. much time on their hands. They're obsessed with Pokemon, but yeah. they have what I would describe as different to us an above average IQ, right? So they have. <laughs> so they committed their exactly. lives to doing doing something, something about it. Um, and they and they made holograms, whereas we just talked we just about talked it. about it. And actually, maybe Gav, we're going to be looking. People are going to study this episode of this podcast as the genesis. Of the time where Dr. Poke, as he named himself, invented hologram Pokemon <laughs> that somehow can inhabit the universe and have yep. their own sense of consciousness or AI, right? Um, and we're yep. walking around. It's a bit like Pokemon Go AI, except they actually, like, you can see them in the wild. And it's a huge yeah. game. But is it a game? Where does, like, reality and, like, video games kind of, like, overlap? Because if they're there, we're still battling with them. And everyone's looking for an Easter egg. Exactly. Everyone's looking for that Easter egg. Also sorts out the question of Pokeballs. Sure. Pokeballs is an episode on its own. Uh, I'm going to stop you there again and say, nah, let's just do the simple version of this. Sorry, mate. You're you're just getting super reductive and you're going, look, alternate present, Pokemon exist. You and I exist in the exact same form. Animals have never existed. Is that what we're saying? Um... I'm not saying animals never existed. I'm saying that Pokemon are our animals. So I look out on the street, I see a Shiba Inu. It's not a Shiba Inu, it's a Scrawlith. Mm. Someone's riding their Arcanine to work. <laughs> All right, okay. So I, I think I can get on board with just going, you know what? It's an alternate reality where Pokemon exist. I think it's going to throw up some difficult questions for us to answer in the future, which is like, like the chronology and like how like poker history like oh yeah 
uh, World War One's going to be very interesting. That that's the, my concern. When we, when, whereas when we when we delve into the World War One episode, whereas I would like, oh, what an episode that'll be! The great episode. Um, what I would like us to be thinking about is like today and not have to like because the thing is if pokemon have always existed it changes all of our history and we wouldn't be in the universe as it currently exists which then becomes a really difficult thought exercise for our listeners and i want our listeners to be thinking that they're on the tube right now they're listening to our podcast everything's the same but somehow pokemon have begun to exist in the world as they know it because otherwise we have to change with them Exactly. We have to change the course of history. There wouldn't be tubes. There wouldn't be all the, there wouldn't be podcasts, you know, there wouldn't be all of these different things because Pokemon have already existed. Whereas in a world where Pokemon just begin to exist through bioengineering um, or, or something like, which I, I think I'm most in love with is kind of like a mixture of human intervention and animals evolving into something greater than what they currently are right now. That is something that could happen in the next 50 years or so. And then what changes I mean, as a not. result? Oh, mate, not. No, nothing we're, we're talking about is possible. <laughs> but I just wonder if that might be a bit of an easier thread for us to follow rather than go. Because then it's like, oh, well, everything will be different. Yeah, but I think I think it's a. I think it's a discussion worth having. Like if Pokemon did exist in this world as in the world that we currently live in. How would that have affected uh, history? How would have it affected like major uh, points during time? Were they even involved? If they were involved, how involved were they? Um, how have they changed people? How have they changed people's lives? When did we start battling them? When did we use them for this? Like, there's nothing saying that in this world that we have now that. We don't battle them, and mm. a Rapidash is just a horse. It's what mm. we know as a horse. And then I think we yeah. can talk about the mechanics from the games coming into this this world. Like, maybe in the 1970s, the Pokeball was invented. And they were like, gosh, there's a lot of these things. Well, not according to the anime, Gav. Pokeballs have been around since, like, for, like, two twenty thousand years or something silly. It's worth worth getting into. Oh, mate, it's, it's, that's that's a mess. That's an utter yeah. mess. Pick it apart. So, are we then saying that history stays the same? Like everything that we know that has happened up to today, twenty nineteen, yep. happened. Yep. Pokemon were yep. a part of that. I'm saying that we're not rewriting history. Yeah, we're just saying, we're saying that Pokemon what... existed and our history stayed the same, but they had influence in it. Yeah, that's nice. how would okay. they have affected that sort of stuff? Yeah, okay, like, so everything that's happened... Let's, let's think about it that way. Fine, everything that has happened is exactly the same, but Pokemon were a big part of that, and we will unpick what Pokemon would have done to help or hurt each of those things in history, even though the outcome stayed the same, so that our dear listeners can go, you know what, today is exactly the same, I'm in a slightly different universe, but Pokemon just exist, because then we don't have to get into mm-hmm. the kind of minutiae of how all of a sudden they appeared or what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. And then pick apart subjects from history, from today, from the future, that would be different with the involvement of Pokemon. Mm. Fine. All right. I'm I'm down. You, you happy? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good, good groundwork. Wonderful. I mean, I, the, the, before the break, I, I teased, 
another subject which we're going to have to come back to in a whole other episode, which I think we'll come into in like technology. I called it the Don Fan in the room. Um, for those of you keen, keen yeah. listeners, <laughs> will know that Don Fan is, of course, the elephant Pokemon. It could be the the Fampy in the room. The f- the, f- the Fampy in the room. Any other elephant no, the Pokemon? Don Fan. Uh, no, no, I don't. Well, I don't. I can't say that with any confidence. We've got eight hundred nine. Yeah, that's um, good, but you have. <laughs> um, well, it's eight hundred and. 12 now, isn't it? If you count the, the Galar region. But oh, which I very much yet. do. So the Don fan in the room for me is the Pokeball. Yeah. Pokeball is the I, I mean, yeah. most difficult thing to explain. Look, I'm not saying any of this is possible. Oh, God. I'm no. not saying any of this is possible at all. But I think for argument's sake, it's, it's, the, it's the iPhone. It's the technology that revolutionised... The world, the Pokeball. Mm. Mm. So someone somewhere, cut in the little villages in in gold and silver, yeah, making apricorns into Pokeballs. Mental, um, yeah, has found a way to encapsulate a Pokemon. Now, in my head, if we're going to talk about Pokeballs, we need to discuss the storage system quite because. If in this world we have this rule that you can only keep six Pokemon on you at one time, mm. who who says? Yeah, who says? Well, there's like, a whole episode I'm of just gonna, like law and governance. I'm just going to keep seven. So I think what we need to think about is the Pokeball as like a transporter as opposed to a yeah, home. I agree. So they have found out a way to teleport something from one place to another with a small device mm. is the way I think about it mm. in, in, in our world. Mm. Um, it's not a piece of technology that you throw at a, an animal and then all of a sudden the animal's got like a happy little home inside a tiny little capsule. Although may because... I, may I just interject here in a 2016 interview with Kotaku, Junichi Matsuda, producer of Pokemon Sun and Moon, composer, director, we all know who he is. When asked about the Pokeball, said this. I think it's safe to say that it's very comfortable inside of a Pokeball. It's a very comfortable environment. Maybe the equivalent of a high-end suite room in a fancy hotel. All right, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, if we approach it from that angle, then... Oh, I don't um, like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, (laughs) Then... Someone somewhere, Kurt, in his little place mm. in in Johto, uh, has invented a way to turn a piece of fruit into a lovely suite for a Pokemon the, to live in. I I can, I'm sensing a tone here, Gav. If I may, mm. as as a friend of near 15 years, that maybe you don't quite buy that. Yeah, I don't buy it. No, I don't buy it. So I don't buy, what, I, don't buy I, it. I, I I'm into your teleporter idea. I think the Pokedex. And Pokeballs contribute to an, a technological ecosystem that yep. allows one to capture and like license themselves as a Pokemon trainer. First of all, yeah. capture Pokemon. I think you have to. Yeah, I think you have to um, sort of try and bring. If we're talking Pokemon exist in our life, yeah, we need to try and bring the realm of possibility of our technology. Yes into it like yes. yeah teleportation isn't a thing but like 
maybe it could be like it's closer i would say that a teleportation ball and like licensing it's a bit like i mean let's not get into this um kind of worm pools but yeah like it could be like gun law right you have to have a license you you know you can only carry them in like certain ways and stuff but we've used technology to really really stamp down on people because for example if someone was walking around with like a hundred pokemon on them they could take over the world mm-hmm. right so yeah. the, the the law is you physically can't have more than that what i don't yeah. buy is the fact that somehow pokemon become like an energy or like become digitized in some way and you can just like call on them from like and they're literally inside this ball is like a little ball of energy the ball also doesn't shrink and expand yeah. that's nonsense matter is finite yeah. Um, instead, it is a ball that, together with the Pokedex, transports our Pokemon to somewhere else to make sure that underneath each of our license numbers, we only have six Pokemon on us at a time, and we have to go through the proper procedures to switch out Pokemon so that we don't have more than six. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Cool. All right. We've probably natted for quite a big um, chunk of chunk of our listeners' commute today. Um, we've we've discussed what our six Pokemon might be. Gav, I think you might need to spend a little bit more time thinking about beyond comfort and transportation. I'd love you to come back next episode with a bit more, um, with a bit more poking meat on those bones. Just straight away. I'll, I'll, I'll bang six more at you. Lovely. I'm just going to jump straight into it. Um, we've decided that we're in an, we're in an alternate universe where history, the course of history has stayed exactly the same, but Pokemon have played a part in those historic events. We are going to pick up from 2019 today, as we know it, what is happening where Pokemon exist in replace of animals. Yeah. Um, And we've decided that the Pokeball is basically a bit of technology that helps to transport Pokemon and keep us safe from a licensing and regulatory point of view. And now I don't, I am of the opinion, like none of this is finite. We're not saying this is exactly how it is. Oh, God, if we no. think of a better, if, if we think of a better way to do something, then maybe we'll bring that into it. But like, also what we're not doing is creating a story. We're talking about the logistics. Like, exactly. We are getting into the weeds here. We're getting into the weedle, right? Yeah. We're getting but, into the weedles. But, but I mean, that's not quite right, but I, I I, I, I hope I'm gonna these take it. Pokemon dad puns carry on. Oh my goodness me, will I ever stop? Um, our listeners cry. Um, for me, it's like we've we've put out a provocation. We're going to use that as a platform to get into the minutiae. Um, and yeah. listeners, please, please tell us why we're wrong. Tell us what you think your version of Pokemon existing is. Uh, Gav, do you want to hit them up with some social channels and some... Um, how they can get in contact with us should they should they want to? Yeah, of course. We are at questions at fairlyfarfetched dot com, and you can find us on Twitter at fairlyfarfetched, and also on Instagram at fairlyfarfetched. That's farfetched without the e. All right, well, Gav, it's been an absolute ruddy pleasure, sir. Um, yeah. What, what episode do you want to get it. into next? Um, I mean, I always think there's there's society, there's pokenomics, there's crime, there's technology and science, which I think we started jumping into there. What what mm. got a hunch for next episode? Um, well, I think we've got stuff that we've we've opened up in this episode. Mm. Um, so I think we should. Mm, uh, I think we should maybe go with uh, pokebiology. Yeah. and okay. ethnography so I we're think. going to be talking about things like um 
breeds. We're going to be talking about what I know you want to get into more than anything else, which is what we call the Alolan Meowth problem. Um, yeah. <laughs> we want to get into questions <laughs> we will be answering. about that. Exactly. Questions we'll be answering next time include types. I'm thinking ghost and fairy. What the heck is that about? Evolution. Evolution via items. Leveling up. Do Pokemon eat each other? Do we eat Pokemon? Breeding. So many questions. I'm hoping some answers, if not some pretty wishy-washy provocations from us around those. But we do look forward to chatting with you again, listeners. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, It's goodbye from me and goodbye from Gavin. Goodbye. Thanks. Thanks.